Hey, all you cats and kittens, Carol Baskin definitely killed her husband. Whoa, we got some shows. We got some fun shows coming up, like this weekend in La Jolla, California, San Diego, for the... Uh, for the fancy bitches, we're doing uh, a bunch of shows. Three nights, the 29th, 30th, and 31st of July at the Comedy Store, one of my favorite clubs. Come out and see me, La Jolla, San Diego, Comedy Store. Tickets at AdamRayComedy.com. And then the weekend after that, Boston, August 5th and 6th at Laugh Boston in Boston, Massachusetts. August 7th, we're sticking around to do shows at the Music Hall in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Uh, come out and see me, New Hampshire. First time there. Can't wait. The Music Hall. Heard of it. August 12th and 13th in Seattle at Laughs Comedy Club. Come out and see me there. And then August 19th through the 21st at TK's Comedy Club in Addison, Texas. That's Dallas proper, baby. All these tickets at AdamRayComedy.com where you can get my merch, my specials on YouTube live at San Francisco, live at Madison on my YouTube page, Adam Ray Comedy on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. And I think that's it. Go Mariners. Be good to yourself and enjoy this episode with one of my favorite comics, one of my favorite people, Nick Thune. He's a gangster. He's hilarious. He's a sweetheart. Type in his name on Google and YouTube and Netflix and Amazon and watch all his shit. He's one of the best. And this episode slaps. Let's do it. Hey, it's Herbert. Mm-hmm. And you're listening to the About Last Night podcast, you slippery little son of a bitch. Cheers to the 206 and the... 425. Is that, was that your code? Well, that, that's somewhere around my teens, they changed the east side of Seattle to 425. How dare they? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I spoke to a few people about it. You strike me as someone that would go to a town hall meeting. Mm-hmm. Well, I am a notary. That's right. Publicly. I, for real? No. But <sighs> I... <laughs> A, I'm gullible. Yes, no, I want to be. I got something notarized this week, by the way. Go on. Yeah, my son, my wife has, is my ex-wife. Yeah. Congrats. We almost just got back together in this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I saw you, yeah. Uh, um, So we, uh, yeah, my ex-wife is taking him up to Canada and you can't like, had to like sign some document and have it notarized that I was aware. Whoa. That she might keep him there forever. If that she, that's a possibility? That, that she can't keep him there. Again, I'm very gold You're yeah. a great actor. Uh, is there... Uh, I'd love to do some acting on this podcast. <laughs> I have some scenes if we, you want a cold read. Yeah. For real? I would love to. Okay. Um, <laughs> stick around. There'll be... Uh, there's a. We just teased a very exciting segment coming up. Um, born and raised in what part of Seattle? Well, I was born in Tacoma. And nice. I was raised... And you brag about that. Yeah, I was raised in the church, and we moved out of the church when I was, I guess, two. Yeah. Moved into a house in Redmond. Redmond's nice. Yeah. Went went, went to Redmond High School, then ended up graduating at Juanita. It's all, you know, it's all. this is all On public information. Page, yeah. yeah. Um, people should know this about Nick Thune. He's awesome. See how, huh. see how my mic just went up? It was like, dude. Huh? Uh, there's a... There's only probably been a few times where I um, have skipped sets to uh, to stick around to watch people, and you're definitely one of those. Oh well, thank you. Yeah, because um, 
A, it's cool to even just be here. And I think I told you this last time you were on, which was, I want to say like five or six years ago at my yeah. old apartment when, yeah, when, when, we, Brad, had a, yeah. when we had a dwarf. Yeah. And um, Brad's here. He's just under the table. Yeah, I was going to say, does he just, yeah. He's he just, pops up he now. He placed him somewhere around here. He became a dad. And, mm-hmm. uh, and as you know, was like, I just want to focus on that and comedy. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like there's, when I first even saw you, I was just starting down here and, uh, and I'd known of you from the Seattle stuff. Cause I feel like people, especially, um, when it's in your, uh, world and you start to kind of know, like of the people that came from there that are doing cool shit, you're like, oh man. And you were, you and I think Brody Stevens are the first people I go that, that I saw in doing cool shit. And I was like, they came from Tacoma and, um, Brody's from, um, not Seattle, but spent a lot of time there. Yeah. I, I watched him on public access. Brody Stevens, RIP. He would follow uh, Shannon Kringen. Did you ever watch her? No. On public access? No, but I did watch. I mean, I think that that was, when I watched public access, it was before then. Gotcha. Because I'm, what year, what, year, what year are you? I graduated I high school in 2001. Okay. I'm in 98, so we're not that yeah. far off. No. Yeah. It's in the same boat. Yeah. You look better, though. I'd love to get on that boat again. <laughs> Well, I'll make some calls. Okay. <laughs> uh, do you rep Seattle hard? You know, I do. I The thing about Seattle is, I mean, I am not a nostalgic person. Yeah. I, In fact, nostalgia- Drives you crazy. It it, it does. It, it, it makes me sad. It like makes me- Whoa. It just, I don't know. And I really love living in the now, and I'm a California kid now. Like, I've been here for 20 years. Yeah. My son was born in California. I mean, I love Seattle. I go back. Yes. And- a lot of the things, my hobbies are all Northwest-based fishing, skiing, all the things that I still do in my life, camping. Yeah, yeah. But I've just fallen in love with California. I mean, how do you not fall in love with- It's the, awesome here. Yeah. It's also what where the place that houses our, uh, our profession. And I was a huge Mariners fan. I mean, I went to so many games. I was telling somebody about this game I went to that Bo Jackson actually came out on a Harley- on, onto the, the field in the kingdom yeah i went to go and i was so excited to see frank thomas for the white Sox. awesome and bo jackson i forget what it was it was like his thousandth game or some some milestone, milestone in his yeah. career and he came out in a harley <laughs> oh man and i mean bo jackson was my hero bono's harleys yeah was there much that bo jackson didn't know you know they're actually still doing research on that yeah. You know, there's that 30 for 30 where he was sharpening arrows. I'm like, Bono's arrows, Bono's. Yeah. At the end, he like pulls the arrow out and he goes, and he licks. What? He he licks the, the back of the arrow. Awesome. Let's it fly. Also terrifying. And that's a shot they used in that Kevin Costner Robin Hood video was Bo Jackson doing that. Kevin Costner Robin Hood video. Yeah, for the Brian Adams song. Look into my eyes. You'll see what. You mean to me, Brian Adams. Search your soul. Yep. Search your heart. Search your heart, and then you find there's something you then can't search, search no more. more. It can't tell you. The water world's not a good flick. It is. It isn't. It isn't. And they will tell you that. Costner's done a lot of good shit. Costner's amazing. Do you think he lies in bed and goes, fuck, why did I say yes? Probably not, because that probably bought him like a, I don't know, a cabin or a Bo Jackson Harley ride. I mean, I know that he almost cost Cal Ripken his career. Who did? Costner? Yeah. 
How? I. It's a story. I, I don't want to tell the story live. Oh, man. It's a real story. Can I guess it? Yeah. Cal Ripken, and I'm going to throw Billy Ripken in there, Cal's brother, because uh-huh. I feel like Cal is the type of brother, almost like Chris Rock with Tony Rock, where he's like, mm-hmm. I do some cool shit. You're coming along. Mm-hmm. People know of you. You're also great. Come see what Cal Ripken's life looks like. Yeah. Kevin Costner, big baseball fan. Everyone loves Field of Dreams. Cal Ripken probably fucks to it. Um, A couple so, buzzwords you're using here are good. So Cal and Costner, mm-hmm. which, fuck, TLC, if yeah. you're listening, that should follow my 600-pound life. Mm-hmm. Cal and Costner. Put them in a hot air balloon. You're great with TV show titles. Put them with that. a hot air balloon and send them around the globe, sponsored by fucking, I don't know, Celsius. Yeah. And um, and just see what sort of hijinks they get up to. Now, does the story involve Costner and Cal doing some stuff that uh, led them into the wee hours of the evening to where Cal was like, yo, dude, I got a game in 45 minutes. And Costner was like, pussy. There's a lot. There's a lot of that that could line up. Now- <laughs> Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing is that the, I, the reason I don't want to tell the story yeah. is because it's rumor, although I have had it confirmed from the, the announcer that I w- was supposed to announce the game. Um, he was he's a he's still a, a, a sports radio guy. Announced Cal's last game. No, not the last game. Just a game. Oh, and um, something happened. It almost ruined his record. You know, the, the record that he got. It was yeah, the year that he played. won. It was the year that he was going to pass whatever that was. Anyway. Look it up online. It's it's, but I don't want to like tell it and have it be a clip somewhere that like, oh, th- I revealed the story to the world. Now that's a story that's not yours. So does it not fall into the I don't like nostalgia category? It's got to be. So if you go back home, you meet mm-hmm. up with some high school buddies, and somebody goes, Nick, dude, remember when? Do you just go? I'm gonna stop you right there. Problem is, is I don't. I don't remember. Mm. My memory is also horrible. Yeah. I mean, it's really bad. It is. It's. It's. How do you remember your jokes? Muscle memory. I can remember all the things that I think, like you know, like all the things that I've thought up and written down and created. Wow. I can. I those things are all kind of accessible to me. But but um, I mean, I've had people remind me of stories from high school that yeah. sound amazing. Yeah. And that sound like something I would use and talk about in talk shows. Like, yeah, I remember this time in high school, I ran to school and ended up raising money for the you know hodgkinson's yeah do something yeah hodgkinson's is not a real disease no. i don't think it could be i think it you're feel- thinking of hodgkins and the fred hutch research center yeah. and you combine them <laughs> yeah the money ended up going we didn't know where it went uh some kid came up to me at my sister's i performed at my sister's uh 20 year reunion from shorecrest high school and this kid comes up to me. I want to say his name's Brett Von Hoffman. Shout out Brett Von Hoffman. His sister was a year below me. Brett was my sister's age, but I was a year below. We all knew each other. Ray's Von Hoffman's collided in a cul-de-sac at some yeah. point. Brett comes up and goes, dude, congrats on everything, man. I was like, thanks, man. He's like, dude, do you remember when you can-? And as soon as he just launches that, I go, this isn't going to be something I want to remember. But go on, Brett. And he goes, do you remember when you came to my house once and and uh, we ate dog bones? And I go, I don't. And he goes, yeah, it was your idea. He goes, I didn't want to do it. And you said we had to. And I go, Brett, that doesn't sound like me. And he goes, it was you, man. You and me ate dog bones. And it was your idea. <laughs> you got milk bone breath over here. 
He was like, oh, you don't remember that? <laughs> you remember doing that after you swallowed that thing, dude? I didn't want it. I was like slowly nibbling. Oh, and you, my God. It's not the memory I wanted to recount. Um, okay, so if you have, if someone's screaming from one of your shows. I actually have a reunion story. Please, the floor is yours. I, um, for the 10-year reunion, I didn't graduate from Redmond High School. I went, uh, I got kicked out my junior year, and I ended up graduating at Juanita, which is in like Bothell, yeah, Kirk, yeah. Kirkland or something. And uh, Adam Morrison went there, I think. Oh, okay. Great basketball player. Yeah. I don't know anybody that went there, even while I was there. I went to Juanita to watch a high school get him play, and they mm -hmm. went to college. Didn't go pro, but was amazing. But it was like, it was a cool school. Mm -hmm. On the water? No. No. No, no, no. No, I don't know. If that, that school's <laughs> never seen water. That's where the Hutchinson's uh, yeah. <laughs> disease was started. Well, so Redmond High School asked me to perform at the 10-year anniversary, like, you know, graduation, at the 10-year anniversary. Amazing. Whatever, whatever they call those things. Reunions. Reunion. And I said no. And then I ended up putting a lot of thought into it and th came up with a thought, an idea. And so I called them and I said, I'll do it. I'll do it. Um, I also, the thing about stand-up, though, is you need somebody to kind of open, like, warm the crowd up. So I'm going to have a com totally. local comedian warm the crowd up for me. Great call. And um, You can go out cold. but Yeah, yeah well, but th 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 my plan was this, though. So here's what happened is I went to a trophy store in Redmond and got a trophy about that tall. They just let me use it for the night. And I got a friend of mine that actually worked at the, his brother worked at the hotel that we were having the reunion at. Awesome. Had him come in on his off night and wear his hotel uniform just for this bit. <laughs> and so the guy that I had opening for me was a, an actor that I hired off Craigslist. And I just said, here's a script. Okay. You need to go up and say this. I'm going to tell them, you know, like you're a comedian. Okay. Yeah. But I, I gave him the name tag. It was Phil from the Alumni Association as a awesome. name tag. So he goes up. He's got an envelope. And I go, introduce, he's doing a bit. So introduce him as Phil from the Alumni Association. Everyone's just like, okay, whatever. <laughs> and so Phil goes up and he, he opens it up. And he's like, well, ladies and gentlemen, Phil from the Alumni Association. And he walks up and he goes, well, it's about that time. It's good to see Cindy and, and the staff and, and um, a lot of memories here. and So many. Um, it's time for the award. We're going to give out the award now for the most successful student of this class. And uh, I can't wait to see. I know there's a lot of people that have done some great things, but let's just open it up and see. Oh, my. Nick Thune. <laughs> In comes an employee from the hotel holding this huge trophy. People and clap? I stood up just like, what? And went up. And the thing was, is they they did not. No one understood what was happening. So. <laughs> And then I went up and proceeded to give like a thank you speech for, for this thing, but shitting on the school because I didn't even graduate from the school. Like they wouldn't even let me graduate, but they wanted me to perform at the reunion. So I was just like, it's so great to know that I can't, you know, you don't graduate somewhere and then you get a little bit of success. And then they, <laughs> Nick, they want we want to come you. back. We'll give you an honorary degree. We're so sorry, you know, whatever. And I, and, but it just fell flat. And, um, cause everyone there probably finished and has Juanita high school pride. Yeah. <laughs> bubbling through their veins. No, Redmond, Redmond High School Redmond Pride, High School. and I graduated at one. Gotcha. But in the end, it was just like, you know, it was, there was some good jokes in it, but it just fell totally flat. Oof. And I just like, all right, thanks. Walked off the stage with this trophy, and they were like, well, never going to ask him to do anything again. <laughs> worth it, though. There totally was, worth Was there it. one kid, at least, that was just like, dune? Yeah. Yeah, there was a couple that were like, yeah. you know. That makes we, it worth it. We fuck our wives. Yeah. <laughs> You're your her hall pass in on my bucket list. Yeah. But since I'm not 90. Um, be know. my hall. That's a great tour. Be my hall pass. Like I'll, I'll be your hall pass. Hall pass is also a great band name. Yeah. Um, hmm. Did you ever have a hall pass or those like couple people 
you know, the the people for the you and your ex-wife have like if you ever meet oh. Stamos or if you ever meet Katy Perry. No. No, no, no. Yeah. But I feel like that's always when couples and this is just off of knowing one couple that had those and they split up. Mm-hmm. To me so you know it actually fulfilled it? No, just but it was like the beginning of the end cuz they she was always just like she'd bring it up a lot to where you're like, "Oh, she's trying to make this happen." You know, where it was like she'd be going on these trips and be like, yeah, there's this like convention for work and it's weird because it's where they're filming the new Die Hard. So Bruce Willis will be there, you know, so, you know, and I don't know, it's like if we're, I think, I think I'm actually staying at the same hotel, you know, like it was that type of shit where you're like, oh yeah, this isn't going to, this is going to work out. Mm-hmm. Um, that, what if you make it, they're like, yeah, you can choose one person. You're like, okay, okay, okay. Your sister. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. I'm just we saying, a, I've always wanted to. Yeah, and look, I know the holidays haven't matched up, yeah. but next year we're supposed to go to Saratoga. And mm-hmm. and she, Sarah is going to toga, Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And then that joke makes her laugh, and she's got a good sense of humor, so she gives in. Yeah. Um, Saratoga. <laughs> what a place. There's certain places you go. Like Tacoma, even as much as it um, gets a bad rap. It's a cool name. Toyota. Toyota, Tacoma. Toyota Tacoma. Yeah, that's a car, right? Yeah, Toyota Truck. of Tacoma. Yeah, yeah. And that they they do have a, a Toyota in Tacoma, a Toyota store. Yeah, and I mean, but you know what they sell there? Heroin. Toyota Tacomas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do you do uh, what video did I just see of? Um, oh, you and your son. Which, by the way, man, uh, congrats on being a dope dad. Oh, well, thank you. you. It's really, A, you have figured out the, like, how to include my son in fun content game. But mm-hmm. it's also, like, you can just read between the lines and see how much, A, he adores you and how much you love him. And that's really sweet. And I pick up on that. And it makes the uh, the videos you post with him even more special. One in particular you did with him, uh, doing a song. Do you remember that? Oh it was yeah, recently, yeah, recently, yeah. Where you were playing guitar, and I don't even remember what the song was called or the the caption. I could pull it up, do you, but do you remember? Yeah, it was like "I'm Dad" or something. I don't know. It was like yeah, <laughs> yeah. And were there actual lyrics, or was he just improvising? No, he well, he just we we were prac we were like messing around, yes. and he heard me do my verse because I was just doing that verse. Because what happens around the house is we'll do like a, we we call our own free times where I can do whatever I want for an hour and he can do whatever he wants for an hour. Awesome. And so usually you just that, came up with as a dad or were you like, he pitched it to be honest one night. What? Yeah. He's like, how old is he? He's eight. Awesome. So all a lot of the time play guitar and like write music or something yeah. during that time. And then he just kind of came over and started doing it with me. First and, time. And mimicked my, no, we do it all the time, yeah. but he mimicked my verse that I did. And I just thought it was so funny. Um, but yeah, he, he's, Usually doing Legos during that time. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Do you Lego it with them? I do. Yeah, we do a lot of we do a lot of it. We're building a battle scene right now from Star Wars. Just Let's like we got a table. We bought like all those flat kind of pieces, yeah. and we're just like constructing this. It's a lot, man. It's really it's taking up a lot of my life right now. <laughs> In fact, if we could cut this pot off, I've got to get back yeah. to put together the rest of the Millennium Falcon. I was a Lincoln Log kid. Mm. I don't know if that's uh, and I want to say Lincoln Logs. I think I had them when my folks were together. But then I think when I split, Legos were never, Lincoln Logs seemed like the cheaper, like, because it was the bigger pieces. Lincoln Logs are great. Lincoln Logs, but it was definitely like pretty easy to figure it out. Mm -hmm. It was like you just stack 
the pieces are bigger, almost like bigger font when you're an older person. If you watch though that show Alone or whatever it is, where they go out in the woods, you know, and they have to like live for however long. I oh mean, yeah, that's just Lincoln. Oh, your Lincoln Log right training. There. Yeah, should yeah pay off. Mm-hmm. What can you? What do you think a Lego kid can? What does that translate into? An engineer? Yes, um, art. I think so. He he. Um, the thing is learning how to do Legos outside of the instructions, you know? And so it's like to take the instructions and make whatever they have, but also be able to kind of like take a side road out of it and yeah. add your own little element. Like we yeah. like we have the Millennium Falcon that we added a hot tub to it, you know? Like we'll just like go in and add little parts to these things. And he, um, he was training with this guy, this Lego guy named Adam, who has this show on, um, he had this called Bricks. And it was on like brick by brick or something, and it was on Amazon. And I, I saw the guy, and then I saw Rain Wilson produce the show. I was like, I emailed Rain, like, "Hey, can my son meet this Lego guy?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure." Awesome. And so next thing you know, we go to his factory, and my son made like his name on this huge wall. And then the New York Times did a piece on him, and the, one of the photos they used was a photo of just his name on the wall because they like loved the way it looked. That's incredible. But this guy was doing hour long zooms with my son where they were like building, like taking, he was like, he was like dropping off. This was during the pandemic. So he was like dropping off in bags, like cheaper Legos, like mm-hmm. the kind of piece together, right. like dinosaurs, the stuff that he doesn't really care about. Right. And then going sideways with them and like him and like over zoom, like building random stuff and the, the, the like thought process of that whole thing and like the creativity, it just really pushes it. He's uh, super fortunate to have you as a, I mean, I, I can't imagine that also how funny he was in that video that the comedy chops, you don't not have a funny dad and not get a piece of that, right? Yeah, my dad was really funny. For real? He is, yeah. He is really funny. Yeah. He was- he, In what ways? My dad, uh, he's patient and he- um, you definitely have that. You know, like this patience of like waiting for the waiting for the right time for a joke, waiting for the right time to do to to get a laugh. Or he knows how to command a room, and everyone always wants to listen to him. And his timing was really dry, like Martin Mole kind of, mm. you know, which is kind of one of my idols too. And so I would just like watch him, like you know, run the room. It was always fun. Like the way the best way to explain the way that he was is if you're at a restaurant and there's like eight people sitting around a table, you know, and they come over to take orders and they're circling the table and. If the waiter's on, like the waiter walks up and my dad's in the middle of a story, and then the, that's a story killer right there. The waiter is going to start taking orders. Yeah. Takes the whole table out of the story. Big right? pet peeve of mine, by the way. My dad just sits back, he, story's over, whatever. He, does, he He's not even in the story. Everyone takes their order, and then the second the last order's taken, the waiter walks away. Somebody at the table will say, You were saying, Eric? Because they, and he, he, because they want to hear the story. They want to see him out. finish it. He's he's not going to come back to it. He's not going to force a story back on a people. You know, like that's his patience. His he wouldn't say of, to the waiter. Ah, okay, now that the waiter's gone, I was in the middle of something. <laughs> Do you guys? Or stiff arm the waiter and be yeah. like, come back. So the hot tub's there. Which, by the way, my favorite bit to do when I'm out to dinner with like a group of people that I don't know. When they, I always like to go last, take my order last, and you know everyone's kind of like waiting. Everyone's kind of listening at that point. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And I, you know, I think I'll take. Um, I guess I'll do the chicken, and I guess that'll that'll be on the house. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it works. That, that, I mean, it's never on the house, but right. The la- the you Get know a laugh. Oh, I, lo- I love li- life laughs. You know, That's like cool. the little bits you can do around people, that- especially with strangers. Oh yeah. So you're saying like. So there's been many a dinners you've been at with a group where you're like, it's all first time meetups. 
Yeah, or if it's like a like if you're like oh like if you have a new girlfriend and you yeah. go out to dinner with her and her friends, yeah. like it's a risk I'm willing to take, you know, because right out of the gate too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if the waiter gives you a stink eye, and nobody at the table laughs, I also will find out if I like these people at all. Great based way to off do it. if they respond to that. Yeah, I think that's a smart way. There's a buddy of mine that uh, manages a comedy club, and he says he uh, when he interviews people, he makes them as part of the process tell them a joke. To get a um, tell him a joke to get a gauge of like their sensibility and like not that they have to be funny but like mm -hmm. you're at a comedy club I should know what you're into and if you're he was is also a great way just to be like it says a lot about who you are because he goes one guy did some like really weird Holocaust joke that was also like racist and he goes man you put a lot like and so and and then the kid at the end of it like because he didn't laugh obviously my buddy who was trying to hire him and the kid was like you don't get it. And he was just like, it's a lot to unpack here, but we'll start with you just getting up and walking out. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, he, you can unpack. Yeah. Everything. He was like, that was an easy non-hire. And I was like, that is a good way to, um, I mean, comedy, there's, you know, there are definitely people, there's probably people that I've, you know, chosen to go, oh, I'm going to steer clear because they didn't have a good sense of humor versus like a political thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah. love, love uh, you know, be... You know, love Trump all you want, but um, if you can't uh, appreciate a good fart joke. <laughs> I mean, that's my my whole goal on stage is to be stupid. You yeah. know, like I I and this is something that has happened. It's, it's happened more more often. And actually, you know, than I some people would be embarrassed to say this. But there's times where I tell a joke and I hear someone in the audience lean over to the, whoever they're with kind of mid whatever chuckle. Like and basically say that was so stupid, oh. and that is like my whole goal was that. Whoa! My whole goal is to do something so stupid in a way that catches you off guard, that makes no sense, but in the end it was it made sense in some weird way. Yeah, or, you know, you're the king of misdirect. Even one last night, I don't know if this is a newer one, the bloody nose one. That's an old, I, I I dug it. I dug that one out. Great, older one. I don't know why I just felt like it, it was. I mean. I don't want to butcher it, but um, or even do it. Um, maybe if you bust the guitar out later, you can lay yeah. it down. But it was so funny, and even the ending of it about. Um, oh yeah, well, I mean, I'll do the joke. I mean, okay. it's just so. It's just you know. Um, I woke up this morning and I had a bloody nose, and what if I said that with a British accent? <laughs> it would sound like a British guy woke up and realized I've got a fucking nose, <laughs> like. Like he was dreaming about not having one, then he woke up and realized he had one. And when I say it, it just sounds like there's some blood on my pillow, which is why I hate being an American. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's so funny. And it got like laughs in different pockets, and then, and it was just, it kept going. And then we said, that's why I hate being an American. That got like a big pop. And it was like, no, there's no way to see that coming. No, no. And, that wasn't even that that wasn't even part of the joke, I think. The, oh really? The, originally. That was like, you know, you write the joke off stage and then you go on and then ten times into doing the joke you're you're ending on and that's why I hate being an American. You're like, Well, I'm glad I found that. How different is it when you're um doing jokes with the guitar and not do do you, do you feel like you can be as free and riff and improv, uh, or do you feel like you need to be a little bit more, you know, obligated to stick to the script? I feel very free in all of it. Because Always. I've what I've it's this even happened more from the pandemic. I am more myself on stage after taking those years off 
because of how much I wanted it. I wanted, I wanted it so bad. I wanted what I love. And I realized how much of myself I want to be. And I don't want to conform to what works. Like, I don't want to conform to what, you know, like if, if somebody want like to the back of the room, I don't want, I don't want to perform to other comedians. I am there for solely the audience and me. And I realized that my job is to take them out of the room. And so to take them out of the room, I have to do something different than every other comedian's done, which I take control right away. And it's like, you know, I don't know if you, you like, I, I really kind of like watched it for a while and I, I don't know how I do it, but there's a way to where I've, I learned how to just kind of stop the room mm. for a second and then it's mine. And then they're all just like at my beck and call. Yeah. Whether they're laughing or not, really, I honestly don't care. But you have but so the silence is beautiful to yeah, me. I, yeah, I'm starting to really enjoy it, and that there is a lot, a lot of um, there's a lot to discover in the silence. There's a lot of power in that. Mm-hmm. I've always admired, and back to just being a fan from you, uh, a fan of you from the get go. Like the, and you talk about being a patient. Your dad being patient, you definitely picked up on that because, you know, I, I. I struggle with that even now of just trying to take my time more and not power through things. And I feel like it definitely has become a part of like, it's how I am off stage with when I'm talking or thinking and some mm-hmm. of my brain's moving too fast for my mouth to catch up. But, but, um, when I have always watched you, it's just so the, uh, the command that you have of the room with taking your time like that is pretty, pretty crazy. Um, it's nice because it, the, the patience is, it's funny, like it's like acting, you know, like you have to get, there's lines you need to get out, mm. okay? And and you got to get them out, preferably pretty quickly. Like, you know, you, you don't really want to take a lot of time. You want to get the lines out. Tell that to Christopher Walken. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Tell that to some people, for sure. And they're allowed to do that. Yeah. They've, they've earned that, yeah. you know? Um, but lo- knowing when to get it out is yeah. like the is the is where I, like, really focus on. Because like, I know, like, oh, if I'm really patient right here and I really fall and sell this part, it'll make this part way bigger, even though right now I'm not getting all the glory because right now I'm doing a little bit of leg work with them yeah. and I'm setting up a scenario to where they're about to be taken out of, but I have to set it up and I have to kind of make them think, where's he going? Like, what is, why? And that's kind of hard to do sometimes on stage. So like, you know, like you just, you, I like, I, especially when I start, like, I just want laughs. Like, I just want to get laughs right yes. now. I just want to get into a joke. You're not comfy in the silence. Yeah. You're like, if there's silence, I'm not doing something right because they should be laughing the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, did you write more during the pandemic? I, I, I didn't realize how much I was writing, to be honest. I was writing a lot and I wasn't calling it writing. I wasn't like thinking I was writing stand up. It was, I was like doing small little things in my Instagram and my stories and like just funny, weird notes. And I wrote so many songs and all these things and and all of those kind of trickle into different forms of how I like my outlets, which yeah. is like music or comedy. But a lot of it like will trickle down into comedy. And I all of a sudden I realized like, oh, my God, I, I was not slacking off at all. Wow. You know, yeah, I was going to ask because we and even though it feels a little bit removed from where we are now, I mean, I still find it fascinating to like talk to somebody like you about like what your thought process was even when things shut down because some people went right into panic mode and other people were like fuck yeah dude a nice little break where i don't have to feel the pressure Mm -hmm. and then like for me for example i'd say about a month in did i after figuring out the balance of like oh it's going to be a minute before things resume and understanding what was happening and how much to really 
let yourself be um, terrified of the actual concerns of the world, uh, did you kind of find a place of like, all right, well, now I'm going to like the the pressure has been lifted of needing to be super active, but also it feeds me. Mm-hmm. So I now I'm needing to do it on some front, not just to put out content during the pandemic, but to not uh, not crumble. You know, it's funny, like the the um, I'm focusing right now on surrender, which is like a, a thing, because if I can't surrender, I can't create. So if I can't realize that where I am is where I am and anxiety and future thinking, future tripping, past thinking, past tripping, none of it's going to get me out of that moment. Yeah. So I have to be in this moment. So really, I have to surrender all of those things around that so that I can actually be in the moment, you know, and and it's and it's and it's like come through like financial struggles, you know, different things in my life where I've had to be like. Right now, if I were to like spell out all the issues going on with me, somebody would be like, you're going through all of that. Yeah. Like right now. Yeah. You're going through a divorce and you had to move and you're living and you had to. And like, you know, like I'm I'm constantly through this whole thing. Like I've been going through a lot of life stuff mm. and being able to surrender that. But how do you get to that my, place of surrender with all that going on? Is that well, it's because I know that I'm not slacking off. Yeah. I know that I'm actually doing things and I and the only way I can do things is if I do the surrender and that's yeah. actually the hardest thing but I learn it through constant conversation with myself and and people around me that I you know because I do have people that I just talk to about like more than you know than we're funny and like everything but like gotta have those about people. those about yeah. surrendering about yeah. like calling somebody and being like dude I'm holding on to something way too tight right now and it's getting me nothing mm. and I just had to say that now I know it okay bye you realize yeah. two way more people are probably down to have that conversation and are experiencing them themselves. But there is something I think that everyone just innately possesses of like not wanting to burden someone and also being like, at least speak for myself of like, oh, just figure it out and don't like try to, you know, but in reality, it's like, yeah, dude, that little conversation could even help the person that you're unloading onto. It, I mean, it. It always does. You know, it's and it's funny, like listening to somebody, it helps you. It's it's this whole like thing in like the Alcoholics Anonymous kind of like mindset that service is actually help. Mm. Service is is by you doing that, you're surrendering and you're gaining out of it. It's almost unfair and it's almost selfish that you're helping people, <laughs> you know, like in, in some way, like wow. like me help, like me call like me checking in on somebody. I walk away from that like feeling good like oh yeah that's not looming in my head that's not a thought like i wonder how kevin is you know like how about i call kevin find out how he is and then i'll feel like which kevin, is what Cal was kevin knows a friend reached out yeah, yeah. <laughs> i can't wait to tell you that story <laughs> but uh I, there was a joke though that i wrote this is what changed my whole um writing process during the pandemic was i woke up one morning and i had a real thought in bed you know, and I'm not claiming to be the smartest guy in the world and, and book read and all that stuff, you know, but do you read a lot of books off and on? I kind of cool. go through little things. I think the last book I read was where the sidewalk ends. By the way, do you find out where like Fairfax and Wilshire? Yeah. Yep. But, that actually turns into Martell there. Yeah. <laughs> it's where the most bird scooters get dropped out. Where Hauser and Martell just kind of meet up. <laughs> Shel Silverstein lives on Hauser. Uh, <laughs> but I woke up and I, I thought... Um, what time uh, was this, by the way? I, it was one of the days I don't have my kids, so okay. it was probably like 10 a.m. or gotcha. something, and, and I'm laying in bed, and I'm wondering about the word cupboard. 
you know, like I'm like looking at cupboards and I'm like, I mean, I know there's got to be two B's in there, you know, and then I'm thinking, no, it's cup, <laughs> it's cupboard, you know, I'm going through this whole, it's, what I think. it's got to be cupboard, yeah. you know, and then in some ways I'm like, well, you know, laptop, you know, like, still don't know where, how to spell where that. they make those in a lab laptop i would i would say i would assume it's a laptop is just as much as it's a laptop you know and i'm kind of like considering all this through the day of and then at some point i was like i need to make something like i'm so bored i want to like so i set up my camera in my kitchen and i got my guitar out and i was like just write a joke right now and we can edit it up like we'll just do you know i'm talking to myself here like we'll just make something and then i just start telling that cupboard joke and i basically off the top in one take on the camera and it's not the best joke in the world but it changed everything for me i i do i i was like you know kind of like playing the guitar and just like um you know um on my 35th birthday I, I, that's one way i like to write things by just like giving a thing yeah like a time sets the scene yeah on my 35th birthday i was having a party and I was in the kitchen. I was working on some dishes. It's one of my favorite pastimes. And <laughs> this guy walks into the kitchen. I never met him before. Must have been a friend of a friend. Who knows how he ended up at the party? It's not part of the story, really. But we got to talking, and he said, "Hey, you want to know something interesting? You know the cupboard is spelled with two B's and not a P." And I thought about it, and I was like, "Yeah, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> I had no idea. I thought it was a P, but..." Yeah, it's, I've been saying cupboard my whole life. Obviously, it's cupboard. Anyway, three years go by. 38th birthday, same kitchen, same guy walks in and says, hey, that thing I said about cupboard, it actually is spelled with a P. And that's three years I'm never going to get back. <laughs> I'm just living that cupboard lifestyle. You know? <sighs> and it, and then I just like stopped and I like rewatched it and I was like, Oh, that's a joke kind of like Whoa. it makes no sense it, it there's no like it's no understanding but the timing the story the reveal yeah all man. of it and i was like okay i need to force myself like if i wouldn't have just said get in front of the camera and let's make something so i record i started recording like daily when i i mean if i want to record something i don't press stop because the way you can edit something really quickly for instagram or whatever it's what like, a fucking brilliant oh, dude that's yeah, I mean, think about that. For an audition, for anything, just knowing that it's on and then you can kind of don't have a start and stop. When the red light's on, I'm on. I am I know it's catching everything, okay? you know, like A little bit of, uh, not anxiety, but um, yeah. pressure, but in the right way of like, I gotta, I want to deliver for myself for the purpose of um, of having this as an outlet. And, and I guess, you know, we, we get conditioned or we're born to just know that like, when you're creating, at least control what you can control, which is like fucking go for it, right? Hey guys, Adam Ray here for the About Last Night podcast, and I'm sitting down because I got some big news. Usually I'm standing up to do comedy, but I'm sitting down now because I got the deal of a lifetime. First of all, sitting is bad for you. We all know that, whether we're sitting on planes or sitting on a beanbag chair watching porn in front of our kids, there's just too much damage you do on the body. Thankfully, Axion has come up with a chair that allows your pelvis to move the way it does while you walk. So all 33 vertebrae align into perfect posture. The result, better breathing, better blood flow, and relief from the pain. It's crazy what you can do when you set your body to do it. Now, these guys are homies of mine. My buddy Dennis, 
uh, worked with the Clippers as their doctor for 27 years. He runs a wellness center called Peak Wellness. He's a fucking gangster and has uh, saved me from surgery numerous times. Uh, I actually met Justin Bieber at his place. Um, and uh, and I was in my boxers getting cupping done. And Bieber and I locked eyes. And I was like, this is how we were supposed to meet. And Bieber smiled and I never saw him again. Um, but... Uh, this chair is a game changer. It's changed the way I live. It's changed the way I breathe, the way I sit. And you guys right now can get that chair for 25% off uh, using the promo code ALN25 at all33.com. Go to all33.com and use promo code ALN25 for 25% off this chair. It's incredible. You got to get it. It's the only chair out there to get. We will be getting them for the studio, but don't take my word for it. Check out this video. At All33, we've always pushed to reimagine the way we work. That's why we designed our revolutionary sit-in-motion technology to help people perform and feel their best. Then all of a sudden, the whole world was free to rethink how we work and especially where we work. And as Americans came home, so did we. We approach the design of our chairs with a person and planet-first mindset. That's why we chose to build them here in the United States. Manufacturing in the U.S. means we're able to have eyes on every step of the process. From material sourcing, to part production, to testing, even shipping. And we're able to recycle materials, use less energy, and reduce our carbon footprint. We've built the healthiest chairs you will ever sit in to keep you and the world moving. Because movement makes things happen. The thing about being creative, I watched this thing recently. You know Jock Peterson, obviously. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, you know, stud baseball player. Yeah. Um, unique, interesting guy. I actually was watching him in the minors. Like, I was obsessed, and then he came up. I I went to go get a jersey at Dodger Stadium, his like first game, and they didn't even make them. They had to personalize it upstairs. They were like, wow. "You're the first one that's ordered a Jock wow. Peterson jersey." But um, he, uh, I watched this like lead up to a game recently, and he gets there, and he isn't. He's taking it like he's talking about thoughts, and he's talking about like winning mentality, and he's talking about walking barefoot on the field, and he's out walking barefoot on the field, and all the other players are like, "What's this guy doing?" But he he's taking it seriously like that game is everything that day this is right now this game is my life like this 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 adds another home run to my thing this doesn't yeah. you know and so i want to be part of the field i want to be part of if i'm not in it then i'm not in it if i just show up and cleat up and walk out and it's another game and so for me stand up like everything every show every moment is in being in it and it's like that's the most enjoyable part of it is to really take it all so seriously so that each show can be its own fun thing, right? In that way, do you get, like last night even, and let me just say this first of all again, and I was trying to pay a compliment up top and just start fumbling, but like, I still get like starstruck even just watching you play and sing because I have such a vivid memory, Nick, of like watching you as a fan on stage, on The Tonight Show, and there's such a really brilliant, comfortable, soft, but like, uh, assisting way of the way that you play guitar and the melodies are always like for whatever reason perfect for the bit too um i think it's the uh the instant messenger uh bit oh god yeah that one which Somebody fucking brought that up last night yeah it's 
Bro, I put it in the bucket of great bits. Oh, thank you. I don't you. know if you do because it's yours and maybe it's just like, eh, no, I was just- uh... I'm proud of that one. I'm really proud well, of that. Well, it was a, I remember the, how many people would tell me about it and then when I saw it and then when I saw it live and how pumped it was like seeing fucking McCartney play Let It Be. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because that, I'll never forget, it was at the Laugh Factory when I, I think when I first saw you live and I was just, I think, starting to uh, start stand-up and- uh and I had just seen it online and on TV, and um, and then I was like, "Whoa!" And seeing people like go nuts for it was fucking really cool. I'll never forget that. Um, so uh, I have a lot of questions about that. When you even just that story and putting that together, do you think of the melody? Do you just start playing and then you start talking over it? Do you stop and start and go? Because you definitely like hit a few notes that assisted when. You said like, yeah. oh, and this really happened, and blah, 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 and that wasn't really part of the story, but no, no, and then you hit something and then went back into like the... Yeah, there's like moments of, there's a, there's the dynamics, um, you know, of, like the dynamic, like playing in a way to where, you know, like it, people kind of come to you a little bit, but I find what I do is I, I, want, I want to play something that people think, well, how could he be playing that and talking at the same time? Because that's really a difficult thing to do. I was going to say, are singing they- and talk, Singing and playing you think is hard, then you start doing it and you're like, oh, it's actually really easy because you can rhythm it out. But to speak at a, a natural tone and level and then to play a rhythmic thing, mm. you can't speak naturally to a rhythmic thing. Mm -mm. It's going to sound weird. So you have to learn how to do the tap the head, rub the tummy sort of a thing, you know? Wow. So like that, that's, you know, finding something like this to play and be able to talk, you know, it's like it, and you can play with it and you can also, you know, find moments to like, um, add a little thing, but it, I love it, man. I remember my, my, my third album, I decided not to play the guitar really for it. And it was based off of the back of the room. It was based off of feeling like other comedians were like, you know, like this guy, this, I wanted to prove that I could do it. And then yeah. afterwards I, I was like. Wait, but I love doing it. What like, a weird thing care. to even experience, but also normal. Everybody also great. Like you know, it's like for the Mark Marins out there that I feel like look at me and they're like, oh, here he comes with his guitar, you know. Which, by the way, I've learned to assume and understand that when people, and it's you get taught it the same way you get taught in fifth grade to fucking box out when you're starting to play basketball. The fundamentals and just the like, this is what happens when people shit on something. It's it's from an insecurity or a like of either. And whether they want to announce it or acknowledge it or not, of like, I can't do that, or I wish I could do that, or it's just, it's there's no way it's not from that, which mm -hmm. is why um, I try to like, you know, adjust my thinking of when I see that or I have felt that to just like, I feel bad for them that they have to, that they think that. It's nice when you can can flip that. Totally. Because it's a lot of things, really. And it's, I and it's that everyone's thinking of themselves all the time. Totally. It's They're not considering you, and they're not worried about you. They're worried about them. And why that? Why does that bother me that he has that? Because I remember seeing you live and just, and, and you know, as you're doing now, just always people, how much people enjoy it, being like, fuck, that looks so fun. And a little bit of jealousy, but not for, for the right reasons of like, I can't wait to find my thing like this. Of like because you know what I'm saying because mm -hmm. it just looked you just look so dialed in. Um, is there uh, are there certain bits that the bit came first and then that like the the uh, Giorno delivery bit, one of my faves. Like was that like the two together you were playing and then you spoke it out or you kind of that was a written 
Yeah, a lot of a lot of a lot of them are just written. I don't. There's not a lot of spoken out jokes. A lot of jokes get better when I'm on stage yeah. because I have the same thing you have, which is fight or flight, and I'm fighting all the time on stage. I'm I'm I am thinking the clearest I've ever thought, and I am ready to turn something into be something better. Like I and I leave room for that. I've learned to like not just be stuck on this is how it worked. It has to work again like this because I have been stuck there because my words, my jokes can be so wordy that you're like, well, no, this plus this plus this. And it has to be that. Yeah. You know, at this timing. And then I find different ways to deliver a joke. And then it's like, oh, yeah, and I deliver it that way. I can actually kind of tell it from this perspective and I can actually add this word that makes it feel, you know, whatever. I don't know. When you're going at a slower pace, too, do you feel like you have more time to kind of like connect with the audience? Like almost you could like look at someone from the beginning and middle of a, or maybe even end of a joke and see that the transformation of them like listening and and following and then like having everything register. You yeah, I love saying? watching that. I yeah. love watching that. I love watching it kind of hit people. Because I watch people watch you that, that and I think that's really cool. Yeah, they're all, it's kind of, it's funny. I love it because sometimes it, some people, you know, like it's like torn, the tables half and half, they're on this side, they're on this side. And a lot of people are on board for every part, every nuance that I want them to get. And then a lot of them are only there for half of them, which is fine, you know, but, um, I was just thinking, though, the one joke I did write on stage that was like one of my best jokes was, uh, and it's so simple, and maybe people will be like, that's not a good joke, but I remember I remember when I did it, like the third time I did it, Chelsea Peretti walked up to me afterwards, and she's like, that's a good joke. Awesome. And it was, I said on stage, I just said out of nowhere, enough is enough. Like, I don't know what I was saying it about. I just said, it just kind of, I said enough is enough, and then I paused, and I said, I mean, it's the same word. <laughs> spelled the same way sick of people not knowing that you know and it t ended up turning into this great joke that was a huge part of my special like it's it's definitely a a fan like fans that are like man enough is enough you know like it's wow it's one of the ones it's like like instant messenger like last night some kid brought that up to me and it's just like it's after funny. the show no beforehand he was like the guy that actually introduced no the guy that introduced david spade but yeah. he he was like man instant messenger and and I was like, yeah, if I was a band, I'd play that song every night. You would? Yeah. You don't when you do live shows? Never. I have never done it. Never done what? Since the album. Are you fucking kidding me? Since the first album, I've never done that. I don't, I couldn't. I don't know. It, I, I think about it, it sometimes. I think about it sometimes and there's, and, and I have a few bits that like people want to hear and I'm like, okay. I do do like an hour and 15, 20 minutes when I'm on the road and I do close sometimes, depending on how I'm feeling, with 10 minutes of old stuff. Just like do an hour and then you guys want to hear some hits, like mix with some newer shit that's not awesome. really working, you know? Yeah. But I don't say, I mean, that's not what I say. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you guys want to hear some of the hits? Oh. But yeah, I. It's a, how long, but it's like a five minute uh, bit? Yeah, it was like Tonight Show Perfect. Yeah. How much would I have to pay you to do it? <laughs> I don't even, I don't know the words. Really? I don't. I, I, I did show it to a woman recently. And? Well, that's um, a good, by the way, bravo. That is, well, because that's the first thing you pull up. Sometimes when I'm dating somebody, I, you know, like they don't, they've never seen my stuff or something, right? That's cool. And so they're like aware of what I do. Yeah. And they're like nervous to watch something, you know, and I'm like, well, you know, on your own time, you can decide if you want to see something or not. But then after a while, if I really care about it, I'm like, hey, do you want to see one thing I'm really proud of? You know, and I'll start to like show them things that I'm proud of. Cool. And that's one of them. Take them to a restaurant, do the on the house chicken joke. 
She that's I mean, that's, that. that's yeah. first date. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, get that out of the way. Yeah. That's... There's some things you got to just do. Yeah. <laughs> um, man. Yeah. That is. Uh, but that's... That, did you hear the bit that I did last night at the end about the fake or the um, hiring the private investigator? No. Was that after loose li- lips sink ships? Yeah. Yeah. That I... is an unbelievable bit. Yeah. That's a big applaud scenario on the road. Did you do that one? Yeah. Really? Mm hmm. Ever heard it? Great. I love you. And like playing guitar as if it's like a. <laughs> um, You're a really good guitar player, by the way. Like, which I, which know, helps, like, obviously. Yeah, it's I've I've learned how to be a decent guitar player and not make it a big deal. You know, like I can I can perfectly kind of find my little things. Yep. Um You know, my son listens to me. He he pays attention to what I say, which I find odd because I don't know what I'm talking about most of the time. Recently, we were in my truck and I was driving him to drop him off at his mom's house. We had just had some ice cream. It was in the afternoon. And I said, hey, buddy, maybe don't tell your mom about the ice cream. Because <laughs> you know what they say, loose lips sink ships. And he said, what does loose lips sink ships mean? And I thought to myself... I've got no fucking idea. I don't know. I've heard people say it enough to where I started saying it, and that's how I learn words, you know? But you don't tell that to a kid. He wants to know, and he's going to get it. He's going to get it from me. So I said, that's a great question, son. You're so fucking inquisitive. Here's what it means. Loose lips sink ships. A long time ago, a gentleman set sail. He was looking for a new world, a new land that nobody thought existed. He was coming from Europe. He was looking for this new world that nobody knew about except for the people who were already living there at the time. And then he found it, son. It was America. It's where you were born. What a lot of people don't know, though, is that there was another ship that took off before that ship. And they would have found America first, except everybody died because the captain told his mom about the ice cream. So loose lips sink ships. Are you on Team Dad or are you a little fucking snitch? Because I'll tell you right now what snitches don't get. It's trampolines. As far as I can tell, buddy, I'm the only guy that you know that knows where to buy them. And the Lord provided a trampoline. But I'll tell you what he didn't provide is the net. That's man-made. So when you get that trampoline, you're not getting a net. If you die, that's what God wanted. That's what Abraham said. I don't know. Sometimes I take it that far. The Abraham part people don't always always go down that. (laughs) How fucking funny is that? Dude, that's just like, I can't even wrap my head around that. That's so fucking funny. So that ha- that happened. I mean, just give me some backstory on it, right? I'm sure that conversation. Yeah, in, in a no, way. No, I or- said loose lips sink ships to him, and he said, "What does that mean?" Great. And then I just wrote that. That's all you needed. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, because I I thought about like you know how many times I do say things because I I you know I'm, I'll send you this thing. I made a pilot that I'm selling right now. I'll send. I'll send. Fuck it's yeah. just it's a short sizzle reel or Great. whatever. But I use that joke in it, and I use. This other thing that really happened where I look on his iPad once and I look in the history of his YouTube and I see that he's seen a flat earth video. And I'm just like, fuck. Like, <gasps> I don't think I've ever even mentioned to him that the earth is round yet. Like, and this is how he's hearing about it. That yeah. This guy that looks kind of like his dad, maybe even better looking, just told him <laughs> that the earth is flat. And he's going to trust hotter dad. Yeah. Can you imagine too? Like looking like you, you see that, then you look down and you're like, 
I mean, yeah, it looks pretty fucking flat to me. You know, like it's kind of flat every fucking where, to be honest. So this guy's got really firm biceps. Yeah. <laughs> and and he knows. And 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 then I'm like, so I got to pull him aside and be like, hey, buddy, you know, the earth's round, right? And now I sound like some hippie round earther. You know, he's just like, <laughs> like, yeah, sure, dad. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's round, man. And it's spinning around. And it's because of, you know, gravity and it's pulling and it's it's flat. I think it might be flat. I think that guy's onto something. <laughs> and I think maybe we should go find someone smarter to talk us through this. Oh, my God. Or whatever. But, you know, like actually learning, realizing that I don't know how to explain some of the most easy, basic stuff. Is that kind of what the pilot is? Yeah. And so I want to learn things to teach him things. Sold. Yeah. Oh, man, I fucking hope you're going to sell that. You don't work for a network, do you? Because that would be great. No, but I oh, want to help shit. you any in any way f or fashion to get that made. That's yeah. so fucking funny. What? But I mean, look, to also just have the thought of I can't believe I haven't showed him or taught him that yet is a very real, relatable, not thought of a lot thing of just like, I mean, you know, just speaking from my having my nieces and like, you know, they're about to be 13 and. The things they've asked, like one of them just asked me last week, like, is do you get teased more in high school than in middle school? And I was like, I'm going to speak from personal experience and then also try to not just be like, yeah, it's a fucking dogfight. Mm -hmm. It's a shit show. You better keep your head yep. up in those hallways. Worst three years of my life, kid. I'm just get yeah. ready. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fucking. You better hope those boobs come in sooner than later. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, and not like me and have them in the fourth grade and you know on the wrong body. Mm -hmm. But but um, yeah. It was like. When did you get the reduction? Still waiting for it, man. Uh -huh. It's it's costly. Also, mm -hmm. the guy, the doctor I knew moved, and um, if you could back this up with a little guitar, that'd be great. Mm -hmm. So look, when I was a kid, I didn't know yet that pop tarts were as good as they were. In the commercial, you can't tell that they're gonna be as tasty as when they hit your mouth and are dipped in some Cool Whip and or fudge. I remember my nickname was Cool Whip for a little bit before it was changed to Van, Gay Ray, Jello Jiggler, and finally Penis and Tits Kid. That was my first email address. <laughs> <laughs> Yahoo or AOL? AOL. Now I'm just hotmailguy at gmail.com. <laughs> and the funny thing about emails is you get them, you send them, sometimes from people you know and care about, and sometimes from a prince. I BCC Stevie Wonder on all my emails. <laughs> you know, he just wants to know what I'm up to, but I respect his privacy. And, uh... and has he gotten back? No, not because he doesn't want to. It's like he can't read. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite thing to do when I smoke pot is uh, is call my dad. His favorite thing to do when I smoke pot is to not pick up. <laughs> Interesting that you guys are on that same page. <laughs> my dad does love Naked and Afraid. He said to me once while watching the show, I love the way their boobs bounce when their butts jiggle. And I've never been more afraid in my life because my dad was naked. <laughs> Good reveal. <laughs> One of the first jokes I wrote was 
a reveal kind of like that where I I was still in Seattle and I was like figuring out what I was doing and I was telling the story about how I got gum stuck in my hair and it was all based around how peanut butter you know eventually got it out but mm. I got home from school and my dad wasn't home yet from work and my mom was there and she ran ice all over it she was trying to get it out and finally she pulled the scissors out just gonna cut the hair out you know then I heard the garage door open my dad pulled in from work he walked in grabbed the scissors out of her hand threw it out the window side note window was closed <laughs> and he said Cindy peanut butter <laughs> I don't know but like this the, you know the side note window was closed it was like this big lap and I was like oh that's a good reveal. oh okay. man you're so good dude um got yeah. a few minutes left yeah. yeah go ahead oh yeah my son the the thing about what you're saying yeah. about like the, the the niece and stuff oh yeah what was my it? son did say to me you know there are things that are like fucking real and big moments where you know like he at one time just said to me what's death and I'm thinking like, man, I'm still trying to figure that out. Whoa, you know, at like, what age? This was like four or five. So it, the inquisitiveness begins about then. Yeah. yeah. yeah right. and, and a lot of times what I like to do too is I ask him, what do you think it is? Whoa. And he put some real thought and his response was bones in the dirt. <sighs> and I thought, what a poetic, yeah. I don't know if it gets better than that explanation. That's what death is, man. Bones in the dirt. Oh my god, dude! That's like fucking oddly <laughs> prolific and like, but also as a at that age too, right? There's no block. No, so it's just like, and a lot of times that no block brings out sentences and things that you're just like brilliant. Could say the darndest things. Yeah, my nephew when he met Brad, who's again a uh, four four juggernaut of a comedian and human, a little person. He goes, "What happened?" Valid question, by the way. And Brad goes, "I didn't, I didn't eat my vegetables." Which was a great response, uh -huh. and he was he freaked out, yeah, because he thought. Uh, so if I, he's probably gonna think he, that'll be a remember. That's like a, a oh yeah a youth like throw up moment where you always remember when you threw up. You know, it's like you think he threw up after that, maybe because he's allergic to little people. Yeah, <laughs> or he's like, wow, if I deny broccoli anymore. <laughs> remember, I remember the first time I met Brad. <laughs> he introduced me at the. Um, no, I introduced him at the at the at the Laugh Factory. Nice. And wait, no, what the fuck happened? Oh no, he introduced me, and his final joke was he said, um, "I can't jerk off if I'm sitting down or something." Like <laughs> yeah. he had some joke about like you know because of the way his arms are. Yep. Unless I'm standing up or something, and I I opened up. I go, "Thanks, Chad." I, I didn't know it was Brad. I thought it was yeah, Chad. Yeah, yeah. And I, go, and I go, interesting thing is, is he also can't jerk me off unless he's standing up. And he from the back room, he goes, thanks, Rick. It was so funny. Hilarious. Yeah. Lifelong friendship. Yeah. So funny. Um, well, um, before we close this out, um, where specials, albums, people can get all that where? It's it's out there and uh, type in Nick Dune. Yeah, right? yeah. I I think my my all of my specials like one of them's on Netflix. One of awesome. them's on there's on Amazon. Um, Folk Hero, good guy. Yes, Thick Noon is my first album. That those are all the past. Those are the old me. Yeah, the new me is is on the road. Look me up. I don't really know where yet. I'm You're putting it together. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm well, kind just of getting just back like going always too. doing dates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See so you. You'll do a little run and then stick around town a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then uh, has your son come on the road yet and seen you live? I just took him up to Oxnard. 
Whoa. Yeah. And, he's, and he, he was at the levity. He just hung out in the green room the whole set. He watch? He came out. He poked out. I had him. I, I brought him to a set once, and it was so funny because he like wrote it. He wrote a joke once. He he said something so funny. I was like, dude, that's kind of a joke. That's pretty good. We were in the in the fruit section of a store, and he was like, um, I don't like apples, but I do like the stickers. Some like joke about the stickers, and I was like it's a great joke. So he, he like he's like tell my joke on stage, and uh, awesome. And I and I did, and it was and and I remember he was in the back of the room, and I looked back at him, and he goes, and it was like. Dude, he was God. like saying like you're doing a great job dad like it was all in there and Whoa. i just remember seeing him being like oh my god heart melted yeah what a beautiful wow, i i taught dude. him how to write a joke i was teaching him i gave him like an hour-long lesson and we we worked during the pandemic where i was like here's the best the best thing is i'm not very smart okay but i'm smarter than the people that don't know what i'm thinking <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, so I, if I'm thinking something they don't know about it, I yeah. can surprise them. Love that. And I can even surprise smarter people than me if I'm like, you know, whatever. So that's, I've had all these things prepared and that's why people laugh at them because they're surprises that they don't see coming. So I just take a simple thing and I find what do all people know about it? And then how do I alter that slightly? Right. And right. so I'm like, what do you want to write a joke about? And he's like, luck. We talk about luck, right? Because we, he had, he had opened up an umbrella inside. And so we start breaking down luck. And I'm like, yeah, like, you know, if you if you break a mirror, it's like seven years bad luck. They put a time on that, which is interesting. There's not times on all, you know, you walk under a ladder. We go through all the luck things. Right. And also he's been on a big dog trip, like dogs and how old they are and what, how old's his dog and dog years. And the joke that he ended up writing fully on his own, not my assistance at all, is if a dog opens up an umbrella inside, he gets one year bad luck. Or if he breaks a mirror, if basically he was doing a play on dog ears yes. and bad luck, and it was really good. Wow! And I messed his joke up. <laughs> yeah. But he will be yelping and coming. But it was so. But it was like I was like, "That's it, man. That's it." Fucking cool, man. I don't know. I'd, I'd be cool if he wanted to be a comedian. I was. That was my. He's, next he's in my pilot. He acts. Yeah, I think you gotta showcase that relationship. He, but the thing is, I don't know if I could. It was so stressful to be a dad and act and be right. like the the guy running the show. But um, is he proud of you? Is he like at an age where he like lets you know and like do you guys have that type of I mean him giving you a yeah. thumbs up is pretty fucking special. Yeah, he he told me he was like, you know, my friends at school said that you're famous. And I'm like, I'm why why would they think that? And it's just because he told them I was in a movie that that they know of that's a Marvel movie that I can't even remember the name of it now. <laughs> With Tom Hardy. Why can't I think of it? Do we know that one? Uh is it by Beach Boy or no? Yeah, one of them. Anyway. Yeah. He, I'm in this movie, and I just said Beach Boy, he thinks I'm famous because of that. And I go, well, what about my stand-up? And he's like, well, you're not known for that. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, you got it. It wasn't even a burn. It was like his in his world. He's like, I'm known for that one part in that movie. Bro, that's a fuck. I mean, God, see, like that. To yeah, that's a that's a fucking great joke. Yeah, people don't know you. That <laughs> him being so, just like having a that's because. I don't know. That sounds like an adult comment to come from a kid. Like, yeah. you're, not, you're not known for that, dude. Like, it's just. I've always spoken to him like an adult. I've never, I've never done like kid talk. I, a lot of my friends, parents, or a lot of my friends do that with their kids. Like, even when they're like babies, I never altered the tone of my voice when I spoke to them. Whoa. And it's paid dividends, you think? I don't know. I just, I just hate just hearing people do it. Yeah. It's like talking to dogs. It's like, shut up. Yeah. We're here. We can hear you. Oh, I talk to my dog Pickles like she's a person. And yeah. when I got real high and couldn't find the keys, 
I, you know, probably talked to her a little bit too much like a person. Being yeah. Like, fucking, I know you saw where I put these. Look at you over there. You know where the keys are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not saying anything, huh? Uh-huh. Wow. Well, we'll see okay. who gets fucking bacon on Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we're a Jewish family. But, yeah. Um, Interesting. All right. So we're going to end this with a Inside the Actor Studio 10 questionnaire. Right. Uh, R.I.P. James Lipton. You no doubt would have been on the show. So we're going to. F- he would have loved it. He would have loved you. Yeah. Did you watch uh, Lipton ever? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, here we go. We're going to get to know Nick Thune with uh, 10 quick questions. Here we go. Feel free to answer as jokey or as honest as you want. <clears throat> I'm here with Nick Thune. Nick, what is your favorite word? Chalant. Use it in a sentence. I've never been chalant my whole life. Perfect. What is your least favorite word? Tuna. Is it also your least favorite food? Yes. Perfect. What turns you on? Sincerity. Where does she work? Houston's. (laughs) There was only one other restaurant you could have said that would have made me laugh. Red Robin. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If you want truly bottomless fries, sincerity will hook it up. What turns you off, Nick? Um, gossip. What is your favorite curse word? Fuck. What sound or noise do you love? I'm very sensitive with noises. Um, but I, I think birds chirping is probably one of my favorites. What sound or noise do you hate? Chewing, like people chomping on chips. Oh, yeah, I fucking hate that. Like in a movie it's or like hard. real it, life? In, li- in life. Just people eating is hard for me. I have like that. Oh, really? Like miso, whatever it's called. I don't, soup. Know. I don't know if it's a real thing. Oh. Yeah, miso soup. <laughs> I have that. <laughs> Doctors said, uh, <laughs> you know, where'd you get this? I, I haven't been to a restaurant. I don't know. Wait, for what? what has it ever become a thing where you're like, Someone's chewing so aggressively, maybe like at a, a Super Bowl party. Certain people like, do chew. No, I've well, I have, I have done a lot of personal work on what that makes, why that gives me anxiety, why it makes me angry, yeah, all the things, and also that it's no one else's problem except mine. So my my choice is to put take myself out of situations where I'm feeling that. So like if somebody eats really horribly, like and there are people that do, to my standards, um chomping a mouth open loud i just that's my friend that i get coffee with that's not my friend i get lunch with wow good way to do it that yeah. way you don't lose out on the friendship but you don't have to gain and you don't say to like hey man do you mind chewing your mouth closed because you look like a fucking animal like, yeah i think you could do that with family some people yeah my son you know but i also don't want to give him such a hard time but i the, since i hate stuff like that so much i'm just like man there's a few things that if i can get you to do it right people are gonna be like He'll like you. Brush your teeth. Yeah. We haven't, no, we're not good at that. My nieces struggle hard. If they're watching, by the way, you guys know. Mm-hmm. I've even tried to bribe them. Doesn't work. 
No. Because you don't want to be the bad breath kid, but you also don't want to be the fucked up fang kid. Well, I mean, if you have bad breath, some people just have it. Halitosis, There's right? There's no getting around it. Yeah. There was a comic, I won't say his name. He's not really even doing stand-up anymore. We actually think he got kidnapped by his girlfriend. Mm. That's another podcast. Mm-hmm. It's also a crime doc that we should shoot. Yeah. We've talked about it. He's out there. Bad breath. Mm. Tough to be around. Don't think he could control it. That's tough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really quick aside, would you rather have bad breath or a tiny wiener? Tiny wiener. Great. Nick, what profession other than your own would you like to adopt? <laughs> Worst game show ever, by the way. There's no prize. It's just. I mean, bad bag. breath is like all day. Tiny wiener just comes out, you know, whenever. <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, historically, it's people. got to get good at some other shit. You know what I mean? Exactly. Compens, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like when I would see people hitchhike and they're, you know, thumbs out, you know, like, are they playing heads up seven up or are they looking for a ride? Yeah. Maybe both. If you're asking for a ride, this can't be your face. <sighs> no. And I would see that when I first moved to L.A. up uh, certain freeways. And and yeah, you're like, wow, how fast were you going that you had time to clock their facial expression? Pretty slow. Mm-hmm. It's traffic, which makes you feel even worse. Yeah, you're when just, you're like, sorry. <laughs> yeah. And hey, like, still sorry from a minute ago. When like, it's all good. You're having a full-on conversation. <laughs> <laughs> That car, two cars in front of you look like he'd be down. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Hey, um, where are you headed, by the way? <laughs> Detroit. Oh, man. I am actually headed to... Well, I guess I am going through Detroit. <laughs> Fuck. I'd have to move my bag, though. It's in, the, it's in the back seat, but I have to move it to the front so that you know that I really can't take you. But it's a big... I have a thing with also strangers getting in my car who've talked to me for longer than 90 seconds. Yeah. You ever picked up a hitchhiker? Thought about it. I thought about it once because a guy told me a story once where he pulled over. Oh, God. This was at a my first, like, L.A. hangout in Manhattan Beach. I got invited to a friend's barbecue, and I sat down at the bonfire pit and sat down. I brought over a couple of drinks for people. It's one of those things where people looked at me like, hey, it's Andy's friend. I sat down and he goes, uh, yeah, I almost picked up this hitchhiker there today. And we're like, oh, what happened? He goes, we slowed down, guy walked over, and then we fucking took off. And I go, oh. Yeah. And I was like, not Why? that I wanted to go find that guy and bring yeah. him to the party and let him beat the shit out of that guy. But it made me go, maybe I'll grab the next one I see because of that. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I've done it. You have, yeah. Holy shit! I've done it. I've. I mean, I've. I. I pull over when a car's pulled over. Oh yeah. Like, hey, what's up, you guys? Like, not because I want like want to be going down as like a good person, just because those are some. Sometimes some of the most interesting things in my life happen in those moments. Have you met friends from that? Made friends from that? Yeah, I've, kinda... I've people that I've 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 seen you know over and over again that have you know. Wow. Or I've I've also been like, you know, caught up to me later in life. Like, hey, my buddy just found out I'm friends with you. And I guess one time you like pulled over and offered help and he was Whoa. just like, yeah, or something. And I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah. You want to be on the receiving end of those. Yeah. You know, hey, my friend knows this one time you like threw an all sport at his head. Like, yeah. Oh, waiting my in God. Because he cut in front of you in the B group at Southwest 
That's the problem, man. Is that if you like, if Drink you're like, sport. if you're mean to one person, yeah. at a restaurant somewhere, like if you have a moment, and they Catches know who up. you are, Oof. and they know some uh, somebody. Like I know somebody. I know a comedian that I think is such a great guy, but I also know somebody whose sister got into a car accident with him, and he was a prick to her. Oh, and and I was just like, that sucks. That kind of way, you kind of look at them through a different set like, of goggles. Like, oh yeah, I can see. You know, I mean, no, I don't because I for, I'm forgiving with people. Yeah. I think, but not everybody is, and most people suck, and most people like think every moment that we live is defining us for every other moment, but it's not. You know, <sighs> mic drop. I wish we could end on that, but I have two more questions. Mm-hmm. What profession other than your own would you li- like to attempt? Hmm. Architect. What profession would you not like to do? I just, I can't do restaurants. I, I have a hard time being around the food and service and like it's- People waiting on you? People just like not, I, I, I you know, people look at, some people are just assholes to the service industry and, and I have a hard time like not having eye contact with people and respect and sometimes people are so shitty to those people. I would, I would just be like, it would, th- it would throw me under, I would feel horrible. I don't know. Yeah, my aunt Shirley used to do this a lot. I mean, she just, she was old, but mm-hmm. and I think that's why she thought she could get away with it. Before she passed, she was dating a guy in her home name. Uh, I go, she goes, I have a sometimes boyfriend right now. I go, what does that mean? She goes, yeah, actually, do you mind giving me something for this? Mm-hmm. Let's change keys here. I love you. So my Aunt Shirley uh, just passed, R.I.P. Shirley. Pour one out for Shirley. Um, not, don't pour one for her. She, like I said, if you don't know what R.I.P. means, it means she's uh, she's dead. She won't uh, she won't be able to taste it. But pour one out. I actually don't know why we pour one out for them. It, it seems oddly disrespectful to ruin a rug or a floor with uh, well prune juice. She loved. I digress. Shirley uh, was ninety six, I believe, or maybe that was her favorite year. She just likes not sucking someone's dick while someone doesn't eat her out. (laughs) Oh, oh man. If I could have one superpower, it'd be to bring back my aunt from from being dead so that she could hear that joke. And then, you know, she lived a full life so she could she could die right after that again. But fuck, that was funny. I hope somebody says that joke at my funeral. <laughs> Remember Nick said once off the top of his head. <laughs> so she goes, Adam, I have a sometimes boyfriend right now. And I go, what does that mean, Shirley? And she goes, sometimes we hold hands. I go, That's the cutest shit I've ever fucking heard. Except for that time I heard that, that bird and that raccoon making out. Sometimes we hold hands. And I said, what's his name, Shirley? And she goes, without skipping a beat, Dick. To which I said, I didn't ask why you were dating him. Oh, stop that. I go, what is Dick's last name, Shirley? And again, without missing a beat, Justice. I go, you're dating Dick Justice? Did you meet him before or after he was a detective slash gay porn star? I go, I got to meet this guy. Is he David Justice's brother? 
I go, I got to meet Dick Justice. She goes, you can't. He died six days ago. That's my life. I make friends and then they die. I go, fuck. Stay away from her. (laughs) (laughs) You've heard of the Midas touch? (laughs) I go, fuck. She goes, you know I don't like that language. I go, English? (laughs) I go, Shirley, you never curse? She goes, only when I'm by myself and I drop something. To which I say, so you you mean like, fuck, the pasta salad. She goes, you know I don't eat pasta. But I do like salads. (laughs) So if it's potato. I hate a potato salad. You hate it? Yeah. Why? It's just the look of it. I don't want that. Now imagine you perform at a comedy club full of potato salads and they look at you and somebody gets up and walks out and goes, I'm out of here. Mm. Why? I don't like the look of them. Mm. I guess that would hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Nick, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Uh, <laughs> is it just so, like he can say a whole sentence? What up, dude? Yeah, floor is yours. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, we're just been kind of keeping things clean up here for you since you're actually God. I don't know if you knew that. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, he's home. <laughs> Nick Thune, man. That was one of the most fun pods I've done in a long time. Uh, at Nick, oh, at Nick Thune on Instagram and Twitter, right? Yeah. Uh, I thought that was just personal for me that it was the most fun, but you're saying that for everybody. Yep. Okay. Truly. Um, uh, type in Nick on Google, Amazon, Netflix. Enjoy it all. Go see him live, nickthune.com. Mm, there's, it's, uh, it, I'm going to go there. Great. Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> hey, why not? <laughs> yeah. Um, this was great. Yeah, it was great. It was really fun. I, and then, and didn't even hit a lot of things I wanted to hit, so part two part two coming. Can't wait. I love you. Love Go you Mariners. Too.